Good morning, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? Is it going good? Did you guys wake up and actually have some coffee this morning? Yes. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, as uh, Sherry mentioned, Trey and Carrie uh, celebrating 29 years. And I would love to, as a church, pray over their marriage. Because I know that the enemy is after marriages, right? So I would love to pray together over their marriage because 29 years is a big deal. It is a big, big, big deal. So if you just lift up your hands, stretch them some direction towards them. Father, I thank you for Pastors Trey and Carrie. Lord, I thank you for their faithfulness, Lord, and I thank you for their marriage. God, I thank you that you are blessing the next 29 years, that it is filled with adventure and fun and memories, Lord. And as they grow closer together, they grow closer to you, Jesus, and that their minds and their hearts are protected. There is a covering over them. There is a covering over their whole family line. We thank you so much for them. We thank you that you're blessing them this weekend. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. The one who knows me best is the one who loves me most. The one who knows me best is the one who loves me most. This is a, a line in a song that I heard probably, I don't know, it's within the last year. But it's one of those lyric lines that sticks with you for like weeks and you just keep hearing it. I didn't even hear the melody. I just heard the words over and over and over. The one who knows you best is the one who loves you most. God knows that I needed to hear that. We all desire for someone to understand where we're coming from. We desire and crave to be seen and known and loved. And to be honest, sometimes we desire, when we're in that pit, we desire for somebody to just come, out, come down with us and sit with us for a little bit instead of just throwing a rope and waiting for us to climb out. This is going deep pretty fast. <laughs> Y'all stay with me. Stay with me. And because there is a deep longing inside of us all for that, we are looking for it. We are looking for that feeling and the, the being fully known, being fully seen. But the question is, where are we looking? Where? The enemy knows that we need, because God designed us that way, that, that we are designed to be craving that known feeling and seen feeling. He knows that. So what he's doing is he's telling lies. And his lies are that, so that's something like this, that how could creator God, omnipresent God, powerful and almighty God, how could he possibly know how you feel? How could he possibly know what you're going through? To my friend who is sitting here today, and, and maybe you you have a relationship with Jesus, but it's gone stale. And you're asking, God, do you see me? Do you know me? Do you know what I'm going through right now? 
to my friend who is sitting here today is wrestling with God. And you're asking the same questions. God, do you see me? Do you know me? Do you know what I'm going through? Tony Stoltzfa says that people will not feel believed in if they are not first fully known. To my friend who is sitting here today who does not feel believed in, can I tell you, you are fully known. To my friend who is sitting here today wrestling with God, can I tell you, you are fully known. And maybe that's what you needed to hear today. Those four words, you are fully known. But I'm not going to just leave you there. All right. I want to know, I mean, I want you to know and experience what it's like to be fully known, to know why you are fully known. So are you guys ready for that journey? Yeah? All right. All right. The one who knows you best is the one who loves you most. So we're going we're gonna to go to John 1, 14 through 18. If y'all want to go there with me, physical Bible, electronic Bible on your phone. John 1, 14 through 18, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Anybody else confused by that? Yes, me too. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth, that came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Holy Spirit, I know you're already here. And today is no accident for everybody sitting in these chairs. Today is no accident for people that are watching online, that are going to be watching 10 years from now who need to know that they are fully known. We thank you, Lord, that you are illuminating what this means to us, Lord. We know that you love to speak to us, and we know that you know the exact frequency that we can hear, can understand. So whatever that is, if it's a picture, if it's a word, if it's a phrase, if it's a feeling, Lord, let us know that we are fully known today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Does anyone like road trips? Road trips. All right. Okay. We got, we got a few here that like, does anyone like to go on a plane? Whenever they're on vacation, they want to go on a plane. Just get me to the place. Okay. I got you. I got you. I got you. Well, today we're going to take a road trip. Sorry. See, road trips are great because you can plan little mini vacations on the way to your final vacation right? You can see all the beautiful places on the way to the place that you really want to go. And I want us to think of today as a road trip. We are all getting on a bus together with one bathroom. You guys ready? Yeah? Okay. 
All right. <laughs> and the place that we are headed to is a place called Fully Known. And along the way, we're going to stop at some beautiful places. Places when you, when you hear the word, you're like, I don't want to go there. But once you understand the culture and the history, you'll never want to leave. Does that sound good to you guys? All right. And just like if you were to go on a road trip, you take pictures, right? You take pictures of your family in front of the town sign, in front of the theme park that you always wanted to go to. Today, I want you to document, journal, write down what God is speaking to you as we visit these places. There are no points in this sermon. This is a pointless sermon. <laughs> but I believe that throughout the sermon, God is going to drop things in your spirit. And we need to write them down so that we can come back to them, right? Can you imagine if the Bible was never written down? Like, it's because of people who, who said, I need to write this down before I forget, <laughs> you know? God just gave me a revelation. Let me write it down. All right. So the first stop that we're going to go to before we get to fully known, this is a stop in a town called Flesh. And when you hear that, you're like, no, don't want to go there. Go the other way. Let's not go to Flesh. But just hang in there with me. Flesh is a good place. I'm going to go back to John 1.14. The word became flesh. Now, when he's talking about the word, the word is Jesus. The word became flesh. And this word flesh, it literally means the skin on your body. The word became flesh. That's what it literally means. And all that comes with it, a physical body. So I want to double click on that for a second, if y'all don't mind. Because when we think about that, Jesus the word who all things were created through became human. He became flesh. And when I started thinking about what this looks like as things that I've gone through as a human, right? I started thinking about like how the word had to learn how to speak words. He didn't take shortcuts, right? He didn't come out of the womb saying, hey, mom, how's it going? Love you. Like, he had to learn how to speak words. He had to learn how to crawl and fumble around as he started walking. He experienced that gurgling in your stomach when you're hungry. Anybody hungry right now? <laughs> he had to learn to be obedient to a mom and dad that he created. that he formed in their mother's womb. He experienced the joy of sitting down with friends and having a delicious meal. Does anyone like doing that? He knows what that's like, and he loves it. He experienced being rejected by his family. He knew what it was like to have tears running down his face because he lost a loved one. 
He knew what it was like to be stressed. Does anyone know? Like, I mean, everyone knows here what it's like to be stressed, right? But Jesus can identify with that. He knows what it's like to be stressed. He was so stressed that he was literally sweating blood. He was stressed. The word became flesh. Now, I want you to think of the, like your absolute favorite product that you like to use, okay? Maybe it's a chair. Maybe it's shoes. Maybe it's a sweater. Maybe it's a Stanley or a Yeti or a something else, E, some kind of coffee mug or whatever or drink that you have inside of it. I want you to think about that for a moment. Why do you love that product? The reason that you love it is because it was intentionally designed and specifically designed by product designers for you. How do they get there? How do they get to a a product that you're just like, how do they know that I love the way that this feels whenever I hold this cup? How do they know that when I take a drink that I'm just going to enjoy every sip because it doesn't spill all over me? How did they know that? The product designers, they didn't assume that they knew what you'd like, right? They had to see what it was like to be in your shoes to create your shoes. They had to, be, had to see what it was like to wear the sweater that you're wearing that you love, to hold the cup that you love. In other words, your favorite product is a result of someone designing with empathy, Empathy, it's like a magical pair of glasses that you put on where you can see automatically from someone else's perspective and feel what they feel. Without empathy, we go off assumption, and we all know what happens when we assume. Y'all can finish that. Jesus does not assume your feelings. He doesn't assume he knows what you feel like. He, he actually knows because he became human himself. He can see things from your perspective because he knows how, to, how it is to live in a broken world. It was broken back then too, y'all. The word became flesh. Did y'all get some pictures in that one? In flesh? <laughs> like, what am I talking Okay, we're going to keep moving on to among. This is the next stop, is among, okay? The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And, and the word dwelling here can be translated as, as tabernacle. And this is talking about the Old Testament tabernacle, where the presence of the Lord resided. And it was the tent in the wilderness where Israel came to worship. Right? This is the same thing, the dwelling. So Jesus set up the tabernacle, which holds the pure presence of God. And where did he set it up? Among us. And when you look at the word among, the word among is also used in Matthew 1.18, describing how Mary was with child. If you think about that for a second, with child, can you get any closer than a woman with child? If you can think of an example, let me know. She was with child. That's the translation is among us. 
Jesus wanted to be surrounded by the people that he loved most. He wanted to be in the company of his most prized creation. And he wanted to be in the middle of our mess with us. He made his dwelling among us. Can I tell you, he is closer than you think. Don't let the enemy tell you otherwise. He is closer than you think. Now we're going to continue on real quick. That was a short stop, like a day trip. We're going to come on to the word father or the town father. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Now, the root word of father here means the founder of the family. Jesus came from the Father, the founder of the family. It also can mean nourisher and protector and upholder. And I started to look at that and I thought, where you come from will determine what you are full of. Jesus came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Sometimes Amber or myself, usually Amber, will go to Starbucks We'll come back from Starbucks. And there's evidence that we've been to Starbucks for the little ones. They know. They know. We'll walk in the house. And obviously, there's a cup in our hands. But you can smell when somebody has been to Starbucks. The Java aroma. You know what I'm talking about, right? You just know it stays with you. It stays with you. And they'll uh, they'll come up to us with their teeth like this. Daddy, did you go to Starbucks without me? Yes. And then I go to my room. See, like, the kids know where we're coming from because we are full of that amazing smell, right? If you like the coffee smell. Honestly, I don't drink coffee, but I love the coffee shop vibe, so that's why I go. But here's the thing. You know where Jesus comes from because he carries the sweet aroma of the Father. Where you come from determines what you are full of. The source that you rely on when you're hurting, when you're in pain, when your heart is broken, where is that coming from? It's going to be full of something based on where it's coming from. Is it Jesus or is it something else? Jesus came from the Father, so he was full of grace and truth. Now, if we look at the word grace, okay, we're still in the town Father, just to let you know where we're at. We're still in the town Father. The word grace It means that which provides joy and pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, loveliness, grace of speech, goodwill, loving kindness, and favor. And as I was looking at these words, I saw that Jesus is full of everything that our hearts crave. 
Our true hearts, not the flesh, but our true hearts crave all of the things where Jesus comes from, the Father. When you take your hurt and your pain to Jesus, you are placing it in a person who was full of grace and full of truth. Our next stop is at a place called Unfold. Unfold. It's a unique name. John 1.18, we're going to skip up a little bit here. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God is in, and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. Jesus is not simply a, a messenger who knows something about God. He is in closest relationship to the Father. And we learned in the Father that he is the founder of the family. Jesus is the closest one to the founder of the family. And not only is he the closest to the founder, Jesus shares the substance of God's being. He is God himself. The Greek word for made him known means to unfold. To open out gradually to the view or understanding. And when I saw that, I saw that our, our view of the Father unfolds as we fix our eyes on Jesus. Our view of the Father unfolds. It is revealed. The more that we interact with Jesus, the more our Father is revealed to us. Whenever you have like something you can't understand and you say, can you explain that to me? Jesus explains the Father. You're asking, okay, what is God like? Oh, let me show you who Jesus is. Jesus explains, he interprets, he reveals, he unfolds his nature, God's nature for us. You want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus. You want to know how he's kind? Look at Jesus. You want to know how he deals with problems? Look at Jesus. You want to know how he builds friendships? Look at Jesus. Unfold. Now, imagine real quick, we are in a hotel at the lobby area, and we're all talking about how this vacation is going so far and sharing stories and and on this road trip, we've we visited a few places. We've visited flesh where we learned that Jesus doesn't assume your feelings. He knows because he became human himself. And we were at among where we saw how Jesus is closer than we think. And then, Father, when we realize Jesus is full of everything that our hearts crave. And then lastly, unfold where we saw that as we fix our eyes on Jesus, the view of the Father is revealed. Now we do have one last stop. Before we get to fully known, this is a full planned out vacation, all right? The last stop is in him. Now this is a detour, so stay with me here, okay? It is a little bit further up as we go to John 1, 1 through 5, if you want to go there in your Bibles. John 1, 1 through 5. 
in the beginning was the Word. We learned that the Word is Jesus, okay? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. How many times can you say made? In him was life. And that life was not the light of all mankind. No, was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And as I read these words, what stuck out to me were the four, four words, in him was life. Jesus does not produce death. In him was life. And I started double-clicking on that word, life. The word life means the, the state of one who is possessed of vitality. And I looked at the word vitality and I thought, I don't know what that means. So let me go look it up. Vitality. Some synonyms are liveliness, energy, exuberance, buoyancy, bounce, vibrancy, pep, zest. And as I considered these words, I thought, you can read that in him was life. And we, you know, whenever we think of life, sometimes we think, you know, do you have a pulse? Do you have a heartbeat? Oh, then you're alive. Right? But this is not that definition. In him, you are full of energy and bursting at the seams with life. In him, you have a pep in your step and a zest life. In him is a vibrant life filled with colors we've yet to discover and imagine. In him, you are full of joy. You are light-hearted, and you are carefree. In him was and is life. Right now, in him is life. Now we are about to get to fully known. We're on the little two-lane road, if y'all can imagine with me. And we're in our big bus with the one bathroom. And we're driving towards fully known. And as we are heading, it's, the sun is setting, and, and we see the little town sign that says, fully known. And every, every town has a little slogan, their little tagline. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Fully known, and it says, the place you'll never want to leave. Now, there's a true story in Fully Known. It's about two sisters who lost their brother. He was sick, and he died. The two sisters who were Mary and Martha, they went to go find Jesus in another town. He was a couple towns away because they knew that he loved their brother Lazarus. But when Jesus arrived in Judea where Lazarus was, he had already been dead for four days. four days and with tears running down her face Mary walks up to Jesus as he's approaching 
And she says, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. If he would have been here sooner, he would not have died. And now my brother is dead in the tomb for four days. And I can imagine Jesus looking in her eyes and seeing the hurt, seeing the pain. And he asks, where have you laid him? And they say, come and see, Lord. And then Jesus wept. Jesus wept. And the words that the author is using here is implying that he is simultaneously angry and sad. Has anyone been angry and sad at the same time? All kinds of emotions, right? He is experiencing emotions and all of them at the same time right here in this moment. But I started to think about it. And I thought, you know, this in a story, Jesus knew what was going to happen. He knew the outcome. He knew that Lazarus was going to live again. People would say, he is dead. He's dead. And Jesus quietly answers, no, he's asleep, but he will rise again. But I find it interesting that he wept. When you know there is a good ending, do you cry? Do you weep? And as I started thinking about that, I realized he wept because he felt the pain of those who lost someone they loved. He felt it. He felt the pain of losing somebody that he loved. He was 100% human, 100% able and capable of feeling everything that you feel, even in this moment. But the story does not end there, right? If you know the story, you know that Jesus, he tells the people to move the stone, and with a loud voice, he says, Lazarus, come out! I can imagine there's some silence as people are intently looking in the tomb. And then there's some rustling. There's some movement. And out of the shadows, Lazarus comes walking out, fully alive. And Mary and Martha, fully known. Jesus is 100% human, and he is 100% healer. He is 100% human and 100% savior. He can understand every emotion that you're feeling at the exact moment that you're feeling it. And at the exact same time, he can heal and restore and redeem you. He can sit and cry with you as you are crying, as tears are coming down your cheeks, and you can't stop crying. 
He will cry with you. And at the same time, he will piece back your heart together. The one who knows you best is the one who loves you most. To my friends sitting here today, you are fully known. You are fully known. I want the team to uh, to sing this song over you guys. And as these words are hitting your ears and your mind and your heart, I want you to just receive in this moment. If you feel like standing and worshiping, go for it. If you feel like journaling, go for it. If you feel like sitting and closing your eyes as you receive the words, go for it. However you want to receive, just know the one who knows you best is the one who loves you most.
if you're sitting here today and today you have realized what it means to be fully known, that you've tasted what it means and you've been looking, you've been looking for a long time. If today is a day that you want to live in fully known forever and accept Jesus as your Savior, would you lift up your hand for me? I see that hand. Thank you for those hands. Church, if you repeat after me, Father, I know that I am a sinner. I know that I have messed up. But today I've tasted fully known. I've tasted and seen your love. And I never want to leave. I believe that you came down to earth. Jesus, that you died on the cross. And that you rose again. And that you are coming back. From this moment forward, my life will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. And I have one more prayer for you guys. If you are in the room or maybe you're online and you are in that place where you, you know God, but you are going through something you and you need Jesus to sit with you. I mentioned at the beginning, you don't necessarily want the rope to be thrown down. You want somebody to sit with you for a moment, but also heal you. If that's you, would you lift up your hand? Yes, I see those hands. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. just a moment where you can sit with them. And I thank you, Lord, as you hold them, that also there is healing taking place. There is healing in their, in their heart. There is peace over their mind. There is a covering. There is a blessing. And from this moment, they will continue to experience you and they will continue to invite you to sit with them and experience what you're experiencing and at the same time heal and restore and redeem. We seal all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. All right, let's give it up for those who gave their life to Jesus.
all of hell of heaven is celebrating right now and we want to celebrate as well and on the screen is a QR code and if it's not there you can get it at the info desk this is a QR code that's going to give you resources so if you said yes to Jesus or if you've been a Christian for 10 years and you just want to grow and go deeper with God that's the QR code that'll give you those resources thank you guys for coming to church and hanging out now that you've been to church Go be the church.